Welcome to the Spirit of Prophecy Church. It is 9.30 exactly. 9.30. It's 9.30. Because I have an Apple Watch and it automatically changes. Somebody said 8.30. No, it's 9.30. Anyway, uh, our topic today is statues, laws, and commandments. Did I get it right? Yes. Okay. And Danny is a wonderful teacher. Lord, we ask you to give him your anointing. Fill his mouth and in his heart with your words. Help us to remember and understand what you're saying. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Stan. As he said, statutes, laws, commandments, kind of ironic. I spoke on the 12th of last month. I just thought that was interesting. 12th of last month, 12th of this month. I don't know. Maybe there's some irony there that I don't see. But uh, we're, going, we're in the section of the laws, and I want to reemphasize what the point of this teaching is supposed to be. Hopefully, I've been uh, uh, able to accomplish it. It's to show you through reading these various scriptures that it is a good thing to have statutes, laws, and commandments. And if we follow God's, not man's, if we follow God's, the end result is that we're going to have a deeper, a stronger, and a more fulfilling relationship with God in Jesus Christ. So that's what I'm trying to show you in the, from last week or last month and today. So again, I didn't remember exactly where we stopped. So I basically took the section on law, divided it by two, and that's the side we're going to start on today. All right, Isaiah 24, 5. The earth also is defiled under the inhabitants thereof because they have transgressed the laws, changed the ordinance, broken the everlasting covenant. Brothers and sisters, choices have consequences. Sometimes we forget about that. The world sure has forgotten about that. That's why we're in part of the trouble we're in because we have done exactly what has been described in this verse. We have transgressed God's laws, statutes, and commandments, and we're starting to pay a price, and it's only going to get worse, unfortunately. Ezekiel 43.11, notice what's in red as I read this. And if they be ashamed of all that they have done, Show them the form of the house and the fashion thereof and the goings out thereof and the coming in thereof and all the forms thereof and all the ordinances thereof and all the forms thereof and all the laws thereof and write it in their sight that they may keep the whole form thereof and all the ordinances thereof and to do them. So what do we see in red? All is all the same as sometimes or part-time? Not quite. God's saying all. You know, there's no middle ground. We're, we've become a society where we're trying to stray the middle, and it's not going to work. Well, it might work, but you're probably going to have a crummy life in as a result. He says all. It's an all-or-nothing thing. Either we're going to keep them all or we're not. There's no gray. Now, you know, we're human beings. We have a sin nature. And God's provided through our Savior, Jesus Christ. But it doesn't mean we don't stop trying. We have to understand 
we're not going to always make it. We're always, at some point, we're going to fail to some degree. And we have to be willing to forgive ourselves when we do and repent so that we don't do it again. Or at least we sure make an effort not to do it again. But again, the words in red, <laughs> I love your glasses, <laughs> and is all. Not part-time, not half-time, all. Ezekiel 44, 24, And in controversy they shall stand in judgment, and they shall judge it according to my judgments, and they shall keep my laws and all my statutes and all my assemblies, and they shall hollow my Sabbaths. You know, I'm, this is a good point to point a story up. Many, many years ago, I don't remember now how long, but this has stayed with me the entire time. There was a guy, a court judge, and I want to say it was in Georgia, somewhere in Georgia. He had a copy of the Ten Commandments sitting on the wall. All right? He had to take it down. Why? Because that violated the principle of church and state. What? Don't people realize that our entire system of the Judeo-Christian law system is based on the Ten Commandments? That's where it all started. That's where it all came from. And we're going to take it out of the very courtroom that's supposed to be upholding our laws, and we're going to take the whole basis right out from under it? Our judgments need to be in accordance with God's statutes, laws, and commandments. And also... And here's that word again, all, all my assemblies. Doesn't say, well, only if you go to church. It says all. And now I understand it says mine assemblies, but I think there's a greater principle here. It doesn't matter what you're doing, it assemblies or what. In all circumstances, under all as best as you possibly can, you are to make sure you follow God's laws, statutes, and commandments. Again, at times we're gonna fail. We understand that, but we always try. Daniel 7, 25, and he shall speak great words against the Most High, and he shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and think to change times and laws, and they shall be given into his hand until a time and times, and the divide, excuse me, dividing of time. Getting choked up here. Later on, I'm going to make a mention of this, but they're changing the laws, all right? Look at what the legislatures are doing. They're trying to change the laws, and there's a purpose, and there's a reason, but I'm going to save that till the very end. Let's see if you can figure it out, but there, that, there's a, there is a concerted effort to do that, and there's a reason which I'll get to, and of course, he, when, who is he speaking about here? Now, if you're followers of Pastor Stan and you're one of those no-good-for-nothing prophecy students who are going to cause trouble later on down the road because you ain't going to take the mark of the beast, that's, he's talking, they're talking about the Antichrist here. And he, he is a reference to the Antichrist. Now, obviously, you don't see it there, but if you look at the scope and the whole body of the prophecy, there, that he is the Antichrist. He's going to come against us. And one of the ways he's going to do it is to start changing the laws, 
statutes and commandments. Yeah, little by little, just like the frog in the warming in the pan that you slowly turn up and they get scalded. That's how they're going to do it. They're going to do it little by little. Some of y'all may have heard it. There's, there's a, there was a meeting. I think they're done, but the, I think it was the World Economic Forum or something like that. And I was reading some of the, quote, proposals. It's pretty scary. For example, one of their proposals is that you have a scorecard you're, if you're environmental friendly. And if you fail, then you will be restricted in your travels. You tell me that's not the one of the many steps to, to the Antichrist coming to power. Again, incremental, inch by inch. Hebrews 8.10, I think this is one of my memorization verses on my index cards. This should be the goal of every Christian alive on the face of the planet. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my laws into their mind and write them into their hearts, and I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. Now, yes, the first reference is to the nation of Israel and the Jewish people. But guess what? That's just as good for you and for you and for me and everyone out there. This is something that we need to make sure we strive to do. How do you do that? Where do you find the law, statutes, and commandments? Right here. This is where you're going to find it. Pure and simple. There's no way around it. There's no getting over it. You, if you want to find out what they are, you read the Bible every single day. Yes. <laughs> we may be seeing that again here. Let's see. Hebrews ten sixteen. Here's another just a slightly different version of that. Hebrews ten sixteen. This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord, I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds will I write them. Again, this is what we need to be striving for. This is what we need to be asking God to help us to do through the power of the Holy Spirit. All right. Commandments. Now, this, you know, I just realized that. What are we looking at? We're looking at a probably a replication of the Ten Commandments. I just noticed that. And that's really ironic. Very ironic. Why? What are commandments? You remember, I looked at what laws of definition, because remember, there's an interchangeability here. We have seen verses where commandment laws and statutes are in the verse. Sometimes only two of the words are in the verse, and sometimes only one. And when I started this, uh, uh, this endeavor, I thought that was really interesting. Was there something in the meaning of the verses that might dictate which word is going to be used. And that's why I, I went to the dictionary. Now, this is something that I thought was kind of amazing, kind of sad, but also pretty uplifting definition. And I looked at at least six and maybe up to eight different 
uh, internet sites where they did definition of words. And I, every one of them was pretty well this, every time. Remember that when I did laws and, and statutes, the definition was a lot more full than this here, a lot more full. I mean, it, a commandment, an edict. Well, yeah, but it still doesn't really tell you what commandment is. But look what it says, one of the Ten Commandments. Uh, some of the other versions just flat out put the Ten Commandments. But I think it's interesting that every single one mentioned Ten Commandments, every one. You know what that tells me? Ten Commandments are just as valid today as the day Moses stepped off the mountain. You want a cliff notes of God's statutes, laws, and commandments? There you go, Ten Commandments. That's that's a good start right there. Now I'll wait to the next another slide before I make that comment. Exodus. So again, we're looking at commandments, and remember, I also said that there are consequences to the actions. Sometimes they may be good, but sometimes they're not good, and we're going to see examples of that. And he said, if thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and will do that which is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians. For I am the Lord that healeth thee. Now again, this is back when the Jewish nation was held captive in Egypt. This is before they left. And he's basically saying, if you listen and hearken to me, what I'm getting ready to do to the Egyptians, you ain't going to have to suffer. Now, granted, the verse is talking about the Jewish people at that point in time. But I submit to you that it's still just as good for us. Granted, he's saying I will put none of those diseases. But if we want to put it in our lingo or our times, Instead of put none of diseases, I would put I will put none of these punishments upon thee. Okay. Make no mistake, the time of retribution is coming. The time day of reckoning is coming, and it ain't that far away. So the things that God is going to do to punish this present world, we can escape or at least minimize if. We hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, do right in his sight, and give ear to his commandments. And this is why, again, you've got to go and read the Bible. How are you? And, you know, it'd be great if everyone could come here. Of course, we couldn't fill it or we wouldn't have room. But there are ways, and it's not just true of this ministry. With technology, there's all sorts of ways to hear people of God. You don't necessarily have to come Sunday mornings. It would be good. It would be better. You'll get a better experience. But it, like our church, right after we finish this main service, man, you can go on YouTube and replay it time and time again. And not just that day's service. You can go back, back well, to the 15th. You can, <laughs> you can see me do the first half, okay? So if you miss the first half, just kind of go back there and look for the smiling face, and you get to see it again. 
Exodus 24, 12. And the Lord said unto Moses, Come up to me into the mount, and I'll be there. I will give thee tablets of stone and a law and commandments, which I have written, that thou mayest teach them. I didn't put it in red, but I really hit this hard last time. That word teach. Tell you, show you a quick example of what I'm talking about. I don't remember exactly when this happened, but about, I want to say about two months ago, one of our members has children. And I don't know if anyone saw this, but I just almost jumped on the chair and wanted to clap for him. He came up, I think Leslie had issued an altar call, and he came and he came right here and, uh, well, the, the parent did. All right. He came right here. And you know who was right after him? His son. You remember? Yeah. It was. Right. Because there was the first. I'm feeling my tingling. I must be on the mark here. He was right here. And his little boy was right there. Head down. Praying just with him. And if that wasn't good enough. About. Maybe two weeks later, here he comes again, and this time he had both of his sons. Now, that's some good teaching right there, and that is what we need to do, especially for our children, because our children are under attack in this day and age. Quite well, they're being attacked. Exodus thirty-four twenty-eight, and he was there with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights. He didn't either eat bread nor drink water. And he wrote upon the tablets the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. Again, this is talk, since it's Exodus, we're talking about Moses. But if commandments aren't important, why is he spending 40 days on top of a mountain and wind up getting in written in stone commandments? So obviously there's something to it, you know. You don't go 40 days without eating and drinking if it's not for something important leviticus 5 17 if a soul sin and commit any of these things which are forbidden to be done by the commandments of the lord though he wist it not yet he is guilty and shall bear his inequity y'all get tired of hearing excuses from people you know Oh, it wasn't my fault. They just, they just You don't know what it's like to live with them. They, they just drive you crazy. And I, I was justified. No, you're not. I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example. I got so roasted for this. I know, this was years ago. I put up some hypotheticals on this one particular website. And I said, a man comes in. He breaks into your house. He has a gun. And he's pointing it and threatening you and your wife and your children. Somehow you find a way to get away from him. You got a gun and you, and maybe he even fires a shot. And so you fire a shot and kill him. Are you wrong? Yes, you are. Why? What does one of the commandments say? Thou shalt not kill. Strictly speaking, yeah, you're guilty. And I can't tell you how bad I got roasted. Because even though we as a society would say that's justifiable, 
because he was threatening to kill you? I submit to you, there's no gray area. It's either you don't kill or, or you, if you do, you violate it. Sure. And, and I agree with you. I, just, I pointed out yeah, I because something. so many people just justify everything they do, and they're never wrong. And that's why I get so sick of hearing that. Yes, sir. Well, in the ideal, I agree that we should not ever have to kill someone. Right. But are we going to turn to David and say he was wrong because he killed Goliath? Yeah. That's a good example. I hadn't thought of that. See? Yeah. So there's a time and a place. Yeah. He told Moses to get the people that support Moses to strap on their swords and go in and kill all the people that had worshipped Moloch and Baal. And that day there fell 3,000 of them. So there's a time and a place. I think, I've heard it, I have not researched this, but it sounds probably right, that when the Bible says thou shalt not kill, Probably a better word to have put would have been murder. In other words, yeah. to yeah. kill without cause. Yeah. Okay. And I like what Stan said, thou shall not murder. And he's right. There were times where they were flat out told to kill the inhabitants. But again, the, the whole point I'm trying to make, we got to quit making excuses. And that's the real point in bringing that up. Numbers 15, 39, it shall be unto you a, a fringe that you may look upon it and remember all the commandments in the Lord and do them and that you seek not after your own heart and your own eyes, after which you used to go a-whoring. Again, all the commandments of the Lord, and we follow, we don't follow our own desires. Yes, sir. Can I add something else? Okay, sure. so that bottom word is a-whoring. Now, in our world today, we think that that is having sex outside of marriage, yeah. and of course, it fit there too. But he was trying to tell them to serve him only. Yeah. So whoring here is really talking about don't go after other gods. Yes. Don't go and worship Moloch and Baal and all the other gods, the other nations that we overthrew. That's the point he's trying to say there. Yeah, and that's a very good point. Deuteronomy 5:31. But as for thee... Stand here by me, and I will speak unto thee all the commandments, statutes, and judgments which thou shalt teach them. They may do it in the land which I give them to possess. Again, here's that word teach again. We have a responsibility to do that. Deuteronomy 6, 2, that thou might fear us, 
the Lord thy God to keep all his statutes and commandments which I command thee, thou and thy son and thy son's son, in all the days of thy life, that thy days may be prolonged. You want to live a long life? There you go. There's your recipe. Also, I think it's interesting that it says son and son's sons. So it, it almost, it doesn't really say it directly, but it implies that that blessing, if you teach your sons, that's also going to carry over to them. Yeah. Yeah. That is true. Uh, I know I got, uh, where are they? I want to skip over to some of the New Testament stuff because uh, my time is starting to go short. Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and teach men so, shall he be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Where it says, shall break one. It doesn't say two or three or four. Even one. Again, remember the word all that was in the Old Testament verse that was in red? Same thing here. But and from a different, slightly different perspective is what I would say. Even if you break one, you're guilty of breaking them all. And notice that if you do teach and teach God's laws, statutes, and commandments. It doesn't say it directly, but don't you, don't you get the feeling that something you're going to get a really good reward, possibly? Yes, sir. Well, uh, something else I'd like to say there: Whosoever shall break one of these commandments, now he's talking about one of the commandments, and shall teach men so, should be called least in the kingdom of heaven, means that he doesn't necessarily lose his salvation. But it also may mean he loses his rewards. And to that, I would again caution all of the pre-trib rapture teachers. If you are teaching something that is wrong, you are in some very dangerous territory. So just to make certain, as I said in a program this week, I said I would, be, I would rather have you click away or to say something bad about me than for me to, at the end of the day, be found to have been teaching error. Yeah. So it's important that we teach men correctly. Yes. Matthew 15, 9, But in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. It's vanity to try and promote your agenda, your own desires, when they run contrary to God's statutes, laws, and commandments. It's in vain. And it's not in vain. To me, when I see that, I want to piggyback on what Pastor Stan just said. If you do that, you're running the risk of maybe you do get salvation, but is it possible that you're also going to lose rewards as a result? Because you're teaching the doctrines of men. Yes, sir. 
I know why a lot of pastors, I'm on pre-trib today, I guess I did a program <laughs> on it. <laughs> I did a program on it this past week. So I know why pastors teach pre-trib. I have had grandmas come up to me with tears in their eyes. Surely you're not telling me that I have to go through all of the things in Revelation. I've had moms come up with little teenage girls. Surely you're not telling me that I have to go through all of those things in, in Revelation. And so I, I will also say that when I opened my eyes and I saw that there's not a pre-trib rapture and I been, began openly blowing the trumpet, telling everybody I could that it's not pre-trib, I noticed that our donations and the number of people following our ministry dropped quickly and rapidly. Yeah. So, but in, the, in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines. In other words, they, they, they're telling people that this is God when it's really not God. Yeah. And so they're teaching doctrines, four doctrines, the commandments of men. They're teaching an error and telling people it's God. And there's going to be a day yep. when they're found out to be wrong, and it's going to be a hard day for them. Yeah. Matthew 22, 37 and 38, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Now I thought of this, I guess this was Thursday. And, and I just, and then when I got here, I put this in. This wasn't in the original. I should have made those bigger. There are those who would tell you not to follow the Ten Commandments. That they're antiquated. That they're, that was for a different time and era. That, yeah, we've changed. And they know are no longer relevant. But what's... What's interesting, and, and I made a connection this week, Matthew 22, 37 to 38, that's actually referenced the first four commandments, ten commandments. The first four commandments, can't talk. First four commandments of the ten commandments deal with our relationship with God. Those came first. There's some significance to that, brothers and sisters. They're first. And Matthew 22, 37, 38 are verifying that. That's where your attention goes first. And then we worry the second, the last six, deal with our relationships with other people. So these two verses, in an indirect way, to me, absolutely verify that the Ten Commandments are viable and they're worth learning and doing. Yes, sir. Pretty straightforward. Yeah, that's a good point. What he was saying, uh, the how we do the first four has a direct bearing on how we do the la the last six, and that's a very good point. I like that. Mark, here's another rephrase. How bad in vain do they worship me, teaching the doctrines, the commandments of men? 
Luke 1, 6. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. Where is the righteousness coming from in, what, in the red? That righteousness came to them, was, you might say, accrued to them because they're walking in all the commandments, not just a few of them, not just, oh, this doesn't suit me, so I ain't going to worry about this one today. No, you can't do that. Well, you can, but you're an idiot. John 14, 21. He has my commandments and keepeth them. He it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved by my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. This is a verse of hope. This is a verse of hope. Now, you've got to do some action. Real simple. You've got to keep his commandments and keepeth them. You know, you can have all the knowledge in the world. You could read those Ten Commandments and all the Darius laws and statutes till you're blue in the face, and it's not going to do you one bit of good if you don't do them. There's a, you know, you've got to do them too. It's good to have the knowledge, but if you don't do them, then that knowledge is in vain. And what's also interesting, he's telling us in John, in the New Testament, if you do these, they, he will manifest myself to him. Now, I can't tell you how that will happen or when. But the point is, at some point in time, you're, you're going to have that manifestation of God. Titus, not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men that turn from the truth. Eventually, if you follow the commandments of men, you're going to turn from the truth. And there ain't some, the consequences aren't good at all first john 2 3 4 and hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments he that saith i know him and keepeth not his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him you know one of the most effective ways to to evangelize your daily walk people are when you leave here, people sooner or later are going to come across you. You're going to get into contact with people. And what they see, and this is a lesson, <laughs> a couple two-by-fours to the head has been appropriate at times, where I don't quite get that, that, that when people see me, they might be making a decision. Well, let's see, this guy don't look like... And, He's not acting like he's a child of God, so maybe he's not. So as we do our daily walk, whether we realize it or not or know it or not, we have, there's always the possibility we're going to make an impact on someone, okay? 1 John 3.22 and whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. You want answered prayer? Here's one of your keys right here. We receive, we get an answer. Now, the answer is not always maybe to our liking or what we want. I'm sure you've had that. Heaven's like, God, that's not quite what I was asking for, you know, that sort of thing. 
But the point is, we get an answer because we keep his commandments and we please him because we're doing those actions. We're taking those actions that are in accordance with his statutes, laws, and commandments. Revelation fourteen twelve, And the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. And I may be getting to it next slide, but there's going to be a, a price to follow Jesus Christ. And as the days progress, that price is, becomes a little higher and a little higher. And the consequences, in all probability, aren't going to be good. But you're going to have to keep the faith. You're going to have to weather the storm, and you're going to have to find a way, and you will be able to find a way to endure whatever affliction or troubles may come your way for following Jesus because what you got to do is go to God and ask him for his help. And if you're doing those things, he's going to help you get by. Revelation twenty-two fourteen: Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in the gates into the city. Now, this verse is referencing a time, uh, and Pastor Stan will need to correct me if I'm wrong, but at this point in time, the new Jerusalem has descended, and now God's reign has started. Uh, probably this is right at the beginning of that thousand-year millennial period, but notice, if you, you're going to get to enter into the city, because if you're not, if you're not a, I'll just say a Christian, you're not going to go in there. And what a wonderful joy that would be, isn't it? To be able to go in a city with gold as streets, with buildings that defy are so beautiful that nothing we've done even comes close. Don't you want to have that sort of reward? I do. Now, oh, this worked perfect. There is one other point I wanted to make, and I've timed it just perfectly. We've talked about commandments, statutes, laws. Brothers and sisters, whether you realize it or not, if you've been following this church and the Prophecy Club, you probably have seen it. There are people and there are organizations who are purposely and actively, and not just in this country, all over the world, that are trying to uh, bring in, I'll just say laws, that are contrary to and are diametrically opposed to the Christian faith. And there's a reason why they're doing it. Actually, there's a bunch of reasons, but there's one in particular I want to home into. What they're trying to do is set up a system a mechanism, a framework that when it comes time, and you saw a reference uh, in Revelation in one other verse where the man that, or the person that we call the Antichrist, when it is time for he, and yes, I said he, and I don't apologize for it, is going to, when it's time that he makes a decision, okay, I'm going to send power, they're trying to make it so it is as easy in terms of time. He can do it as quickly as possible and with the minimum amount of resistance. 
to, to come into power. They're paving the way so he, when he makes a decision, he's in control, he's in power. And so what happened, what's going to happen is that as this progression occurs, you've got a decision to make. The days of fence straddling are coming. If they're not already at an end, they're coming at an end. If you're sitting on the fence trying to, do I need to follow this law or that law? Or even if you're on the fence, well, I don't, I don't know about Jesus. Maybe he's right. Guess what? You better have a pillow because the fall you're going to take from that fence is really going to, you'll need it because it's going to be hard. You're going to have to make a decision. Some way, somewhere, at some point in time, I can't tell you when it's going to be, am I going to follow God's laws or man's laws? And there are consequences. If you follow man's laws, well, the immediate future may be all right, and you may get through till the time Jesus comes. But what you've got to look at, what happens after? And that's not good. Either you're going to wind up eventually having soul death, or what's far, far worse, you took the mark of the beast, and you're going to be burning a lake of fire and brimstone for eternity. And you're going to say, why in the world did I follow man? Because it wasn't worth it. If you follow God's laws from now, when Jesus comes, well, you're going to have hard times probably. Because as these laws become in effect, at some point you can probably, can't say for sure, but you can probably expect to be persecuted. We're fortunate in this country we've never had major persecution. It's coming. Sooner or later it's going to happen. Or you might be thrown into a World War II style concentration camp, but they're not going to call it that. It's going to be probably called something like a re-education center. All right? You're, you're going to have to have your brain reprogrammed because you refuse to follow these laws. Or, in the worst case, well, it's not necessarily the worst case, but you can meet your friend La Guillotine, and off it goes. But the good point is you get to spend eternity with God and Jesus Christ. Now, how are you going to, again, how are you going to know the difference? This book, well, not this book in particular. I don't mean that. I mean this book, which is called the Bible. You're going to have to read that Bible. I try to read, I like Psalms, so I read a chapter or one Psalm at least or a page every day. I read, I like prophecy, so I read the prophets, starting usually with Jeremiah and all the way through. And I read a chapter from the Old, or New Testament. That's how I'm going to get the knowledge to know whether or not that law is something I need to follow. And if you do that, if you do that, well, the best way I can put it is to use, to paraphrase a line from an old song, but a classic song. The line goes, you won't be fooled at all. All right. Well, my time is heading in. You caught it, didn't you? Well, you're smiling. <laughs> um, we're going to be taking a break now, probably about uh, 15, between 10 and 15 minutes. And so we'll see you back in 15 minutes. Good morning, everyone. It's spring break last week and this week for some. 
snuck up on us. I'll tell you what. Finally got a kindergartner kindergartner to remind me of spring break. So it's our first year for that. Um, All right. I know it's it's early. And spring forward, I feel like it's really early as well. Here we are in March, beginning of March. Okay. So we have some uh, kingdom kids supplies that we need. So this is going to be on this one to go around, sign up for what you can help out with. We also have the um, Passover. Yes, Passover sign up. Make sure you get one line per person so we have a proper head count and know how many people to feed. If you guys have not attended one of those, make sure you do. Those are lots of fun. And so. My helper left me. Um, Okay, and this one is for Passover of what items you're going to bring. Unleavened items. Um, Google helps a lot and Pinterest for that matter. Um, So make sure it is an unleavened. If you're questioning it, look it up. There's a lot more than you can imagine that has leaven in it. So better safe than sorry. Look it up and... Write down what you're going to bring for Passover. We also have our breakfast sign-up sheet. Um, So every Sunday we have donuts and bread. So everybody leans towards bread. If you want to um, contribute your experience in making some of that bread. If you don't have a bread kit, where are you going to go? Joseph's Kitchen. (laughs) Where they have all of the supplies you need. Um, so go there. We've got some bread back there. I think it's just the basic bread recipe back there. Um, so, we, you know, make sure you sign up for that. It really is a lot of fun, and people love it. All right, lastly. Oh, that's right. We are going to have another picnic in the park. Those are so fun. Um, we're going to do that on May 7th. So go ahead and start the sign-up sheet of what items you're going to bring. What a great way to um, be an evangelist. And this is the perfect opportunity to do that. We have Passover coming up. Not only just our normal Sundays, but maybe they go to another church. That's fine. Well, we got Passover coming up. You can evangelize to them that way. Um, also, the picnic in the park. The, that's a lot of fun. It, it breaks out of our normal pew-setting feeling and really helps us to get out and get free. So make sure you sign up for that and invite others. you got lots of colleagues, friends, family. Start spreading the word and inviting others. Okay, so now it's time for offering. And um, we're going to do the missions offering after that. So this offering is specific for the Spirit of Prophecy Church. Good morning, Spirit of Prophecy Church and everybody watching online. I want to thank you all for watching and being with us this day. It's a blessed day. It's a day the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. And I'm going to talk about offering today, and I'll just briefly mention some of the scriptures. And Malachi chapter 3, it talks about bringing bringing your offerings into the storehouse. And God says he will open up the heavens to pour out a blessing on you you cannot contain. Now, that blessing comes in many forms comes in friends, family, love, <clears throat> not just monetary blessings, 
but it could be with jobs, it could be with opportunities, it could be with food, clothing, all things. God will pour these blessings out on you. And then Luke chapter 6, it talks about giving, it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, overflowing from man's bosom unto you. Believe me, that's true. The more you give, the more you'll receive. It might not always be monetary, but there'll be blessings that are greater than monetary blessings. And then I believe it's in... 1 Corinthians or 2 Corinthians, it talks about sow sparingly, you will reap sparingly. Sow abundantly, and you will reap abundantly. And it says, judge your own heart and give what you think is according. And a lot of people say, well, I don't have money to give. doesn't matter. If you give just a little bit, give what you can from the heart. God sees a heart. That's the important thing. Because not only are you blessing the church, but you're blessing others around the world when you give like this through missions, through charity outreach, through all kinds of other things. And I just want to encourage all y'all to give. And I'll tell a brief story real quick, if i got a minute here. I've been tithing for years, and I saw some of the benefits. And then I ran into some really hard times. And I basically had $35 in the bank, and I was broke. And I was in church here one day, and I just, you know, I always give an offering. Usually what I'd bring in my pocket, I gave. I gave it. And I was really stressing out, and I was not putting my trust in the Lord like I should. So during an altar call, I came up here, and I was praying. I was kind of being a whiny, weepy guy, you know, not really just like, you know, like, Lord, you see my situation. I've got bills to pay. I can't do this. I need you. I need you. Why have you abandoned me? And he said, he spoke to me, and I'm getting the goosebumps now. He basically just shamed me for even questioning him. He says, I have always taken care of you. And I went, ooh. <laughs> I mean, that kind of struck me. And I didn't have work at the time. Three days later, I had a job. Somebody called me out of the blue. Hey, we need you to work. Man, I had the money to pay all my bills. Because I couldn't make any bills that week or that month. Three weeks later, I had one of the highest paying jobs I've ever had in the nuclear industry. And it has never stopped since then. So I give faithfully, and I'm able to bless others. I'm able to do work outside this church for other people, you know, financially, physically, everything else. And God always takes care of me. And just, I just encourage you. The Lord says in Malachi, test me, prove me. He'll prove it. He proved it to me. Okay, now we're going to take the offering for Okay, I generally uh, don't, don't participate much in this offering thing, let others do that. But last Sunday, Leslie was going to be doing both services the Sunday morning and then the, the main service. And she just happened to, for the first time maybe ever, arrive at church before I did. And uh, she called. She says, it is cold in the sanctuary. The fan continues to blow, but it's cold in the sanctuary. And I thought... Yeah, I've been having that same trouble the last couple of weeks. So, Monday afternoon, I met with the HVAC guy. He spent about two hours, climbed up on the roof, and uh, he says, okay. He said, well, here's the problem. And I intended to put pictures up there, but I forgot. But anyway, he took pictures, and he said, you've got holes in your heat exchanger. And now let me explain what a heat exchanger is. So try to imagine a pipe that comes around and circles around like this and it blows natural gas in there 
and it heats up that pipe and then cold air from above blows down over it and then it that's how it warms the air and blows and, and warms up the sanctuary well we've been wondering why we couldn't get it warmer in the sanctuary you may notice it's a little cold because it has a safety safety feature in there if the heat exchanger has holes in it it won't turn on the natural gas because if it does then it'll blow carbon monoxide into our yeah. our, our sanctuary so I said, so what's, what's the solution? I said, can we just put in new heat exchangers? He said, sure. He said, but the unit's 17 years old. I'm not certain I can even find, find those heat exchangers. He said, but I can tell you it, from others, it's probably going to cost you three, dollars $4,000. We found actually it's more like four or $5,000. He said, but then that's a 17-year-old unit. He said, I'll tell you right now, he said, that's about time you start having leakage of your Freon. He said that particular Freon, and he had some name for it, something 22 or something like that, is $450 a pound, and it holds nine pounds. He said, so if you get a Freon leak, whatever nine times 450 is, so basically what you really should do is just get a new unit. I said, okay, how much is that? So anyway, long story short, $9,300. So now, if we want to have heat in our sanctuary, we need $9,300. And uh, I said, well, you got financing? He said, actually, not for commercial units, no. So um, that's another thing we need to take offerings for. And you folks online out there, we can if God has blessed you and you can help us, now would be a really good time. Um, that way our teeth won't start chattering. <laughs> and knees knocking. <laughs> Matter of fact, if you notice, there was some new blankets in the sanctuary this morning. I think Leslie went and got some blankets for everybody so we can. So we're sitting in the sanctuary. It's not too cold out there. Let's see, what's the temperature? 55 degrees. So, anyway. You can consider that. We need some help there, hopefully over the next week or two. And Anyway, so enough said. Okay, y'all come on up. We're taking an offering for the church right now. We'll take an offering for the missions here in a minute. And if you can find anything extra to help out, by all means, please do it. Okay, are we going to do the missions right now, too? Okay, just however y'all want to do it. Okay, we have another offering basket up right now. That's for our missions. Children's in Honduras, I believe Tony's going to speak about that real quick. Yes. So here you go. Yes. Um, God bless you all. A giving church. Thank you, Lord. And there online, the, our soldiers there. Okay. We have, uh, we've been 
taking offerings for Honduras and, you know, and also the East, you know, right now we, we sent, uh, uh, um, okay, a Leslie and Sharonda <laughs> to Pakistan. That's a, you know, fertile field. But right now, talking about Honduras, uh, we've been helping uh, a, ch a children's church. Uh, Jorge is one of our pastors there, and he was getting, uh, um, in church, they were getting this group of children that come from, the parents don't have a lot of money, okay? And they wanted to give them, when they came to church, they were going to feed their souls, but they also wanted to feed their children. So we've been taking uh, 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 donations, and every month we're sending them. Actually, uh, uh, we talked about $80, but really it's $90. Why $90? Because it is the $80 for, for them to buy the food for the whole month for those children, and five dollars to send the money and for them to pick the money they have to pay five dollars so it comes to ninety dollars so there's different ways that we could do it we could you know uh what we're doing right now there's been a uh, a couple of uh, um of our people that have paid for the whole month okay for that or we could start uh taking like donations maybe uh, every month, we could get uh, uh, $10, $20 from a few people and get it together so we could send it. So whatever is easiest, we could do, okay? So that's what I wanted to talk about, okay. and Who thank you, Lord. Huh? Well, right now I'm the channel, so, you know, you could give me the money to me or to Pastor Lou, you know. To me, okay, okay. Okay, <laughs> who? Oh, we send it to to um, Salvador, Salvador, and you know he has that account, and then from there he 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 passes. Okay. Yeah, right now, yes, donations come. But if you're gonna do a check, do it to the church. Okay, to the church name. So that will be a blessing. We need all the money we can to feed those. Kids. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Are you going to come pray with the offering, or? Yes, sir. Well, please step forward. Yeah. This is for missions. <clears throat> Lord. I recall when I was a child how the church worked so diligently. Not only did they send out money, but they sent out people. They trained the people and they actually sent missionaries into the mission field. They actually put flesh and blood into the mission field. And Lord, we are doing that today also. They did it on a full-time basis. We're at least doing it on a part-time basis. But these people that give, Lord, they didn't give it even to the people in Honduras or to Pakistan, where Leslie is this morning. 
they give it to you. We ask you to multiply it, see that it is everything that they need and that you would give us even more places to be able to help and return this back to the people so they can give once again. Bless them, press down, shaking together, running over. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah. And I want to thank you this day, my Lord, for everybody that gave. And they gave truly of their heart. Because I know, because they give of their heart and they give a free will, there will always be a blessing coming to them. Amen. And I ask you to multiply that blessing. Continue to bless them so they can bless the work of this ministry. Like in Pakistan, and Honduras, and Cambodia, all around the world. We'll never meet or see any of those people, but we know, my Lord, through these offerings, you are changing hearts and lives and bringing salvation to those who are lost. I ask Amen. you to bless this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay, we're going to uh, pray as a group right now for... Um, the mission right now for Pakistan for um, Prophet Leslie and, and Sharonda. Yes, so they landed this morning at, what, 1.50 in the morning, I believe. Um, so praise God they got there safely. Hallelujah. Now, uh, let's join together in agreement because our prayers in agreement are powerful. And the Lord hears those. And this is, um, is going to be a, an amazing trip. I can already feel it. So, Father God, right now, first of all, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for these saints that you've sent out. You've sent out with your Holy Spirit, God. You've anointed them, God. You've paved the way. You have sent your Holy Spirit out into the field to prepare the way, to prepare the ground, Lord. You've sent out your angels, God, already to protect, to minister, Lord. We thank you for delivering Sharonda and Prophet Leslie safely now in Dubai and then into Pakistan. God, we thank you right now for rejuvenating them. We thank you for protecting their health, Lord. We thank you, Father, for giving them blessing and favor everywhere they go. A protection, God. Angels round about them. Father, we thank you that any, any word, thought, deed, or action of the enemy drops to the ground in the name of Jesus Christ. That if the enemy wants to fight, they're going to fight themselves and destroy themselves in Jesus' name. There will be nothing coming against them, God. And only things for them, Lord. Father, we ask you to give endurance. We ask you to give a Holy Spirit anointing of great love to flow through Prophet Leslie and Sharonda. Everywhere they go, great love and a word of knowledge that breaks the chains, that breaks the icy hearts. God, that word of knowledge, that, that targeted word, God, only from you, from the Holy Ghost. Father, we just thank you for that right now in the name of Jesus. That word of knowledge that is going to Bring people to you. Bring them to their knees. Bring them to repentance for the people, for the, for the pastors, God, for everyone, everywhere they go. And, Father, a, a rejuvenation that they are not drained, that it, no matter how many times they have to speak, God, that that love comes in and, and just surges in them, Lord. It's you. It's your Holy Spirit that's powering them, God. They don't have to do it in their own strength. They still have their own strength, Lord. They have their health, Father. I just see it happening, Father. Everywhere they travel, everywhere they go, everywhere their feet touch, Lord, that they be blessed and that they declare territory for you, your love going ahead of them, God, your Holy Spirit going ahead of them, God, your angels around about them, God, your word coming out of their mouth, God, and we pray this in Jesus' name.
Amen. Hallelujah. All right, well, let's stand up and let's praise our God. Amen. God is good and all the time. God is good and all the time. There we go. You wake up in the morning, get your day started, just say, God is good. Today is great. The joy of the Lord is going to be my strength. Amen. Come on, let's put our hands together. We want to see, we want to see, we want to see Jesus lifted high. We want to see, we want to see, we want to see Jesus lifted high. Come on, let's get those banners off the walls. Let's raise our banner nice and high. We want to see Jesus lifted high, a banner that flies across this land, that all men might see the truth and know He is the way to heaven. We want to see Jesus lifted high, a banner that flies across this land, that all men might see the truth and know He is the way to heaven. Come on. We wanna see, we wanna see, we wanna see Jesus lifted high. We wanna see, we wanna see, we wanna see Jesus lifted high. Let me see your hands, come on. We want to see Jesus lifted high, a banner that flies across this land, that all men might see the truth and know that He is the way to heaven. We want to see Jesus lifted high, a banner that flies across this land, that all men might see the truth and know that He is the way to heaven. We want to see, we want to see, we want to see Jesus lifted high. We want to see, we want to see, we want to see Jesus lifted high. Step by step we're moving forward, little by little we're taking down. Every prayer a powerful weapon, strongholds come. Tumbling down and down and down and down. Hey! Hallelujah! We want to see Jesus lifted high. Come on, let me see your banners. Come on. We got our hands, we got our praise shields. We're going to lift it high for all to see. We want to see, we want to see, we want to see Jesus lifted high. We want to see, we want to see, we want to see Jesus lifted high. We want to see, we want to see, we want to see Jesus Come on, kids, let me see your hands nice and high. Here we go. We want to see, we want to see. 
All our fears are washed away. Come on, wash them away. We're washed away. Hosanna. Hosanna. You are the God who saves us. Worthy of all our praises. Hosanna. Hosanna. Come have your way among us. We welcome you here, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. When we see you, we, we find strength to face the day. Yes, we do, Lord. And in your presence, all our fears are washed away. Because we want to see you, we find strength to face. Come on, we keep pressing through. Come on, Come church. On. And in your presence, all our fears wash them away. Here we go. They're washed away. Hosanna. Just reach up and receive it right now in the name of Jesus. Even though be pressed down, shaken together, it still be rolling over. Let us be those warriors on the front line, Father God. Shouting Hosanna in the highest. Hallelujah. Get our hearts turned towards you. Get our eyes and our minds focused more on you, Lord. Let us be those strong ones in the time of need. When the victory is ours, we claim this ground in the name of Jesus, that you turn all good, all bad things in for good, Lord. Hallelujah. You were always fighting for us, heaven's angels all around. My light is found in knowing that you wear the victor's crown. You're my help and my defender. You're my savior and my friend. 
By your grace I live and breathe to worship you. At the mention of your greatness, in your name I will bow down. In your presence fear is silent, for you wear the victor's crown. Let your glory fill this temple, let your power overflow. By the grace I live and breathe to worship you.
crown just as well. Be an overcomer. Hallelujah. Amazing love that welcomes me. The kindness of mercy. That blood with wholeheartedly my soul undeserving God your soul I am healed, I am whole. 
So oh. 
Lord, we thank you for this time and come in your spirit and worship you, Father God. You are so good. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you, Lord. You have healed us. You have made us whole. All we can do is thank you and give you the praise and the glory and the honor. Let it be a sweet sound into your ear. In the name of Jesus, amen. You may be seated. Uh, okay. Um, while we were worshiping, I perceive I hear from the Lord for you. Uh, as you are worshiping, as you're killing works of the Lord, as you're praying in the spirit, this is what I got. I'm raising you up. I'm raising you up into different level. I am going to use your voice as a prophetic voice. As you worship me, as you lead me, lead your people towards me, as a praise go into change into worship, I'm going to open the anointing for you. I'm raising you up this day. I'm releasing you right now in the name of Jesus. As you speak the word of God, as you encourage the people in your audience, it's going to be breakthrough. And you're going to encourage them, and you're going to teach them, you're going to elevate them. Through you, your word, your worship, your heart, and your mind. So today, remember, I'm raising you up yeah. from the anointing you had before. But I will use it as a prophetic voice. Yes, yes. So know that, step out in the name of Jesus, because I'm doing that right now. In the Amen. name of Jesus. Amen. I receive that in the name of Jesus. And as she was giving that, I saw a vision of you. I remember, you know, watching these comedies when I was a child, and someplace in there, there was someone that had a, a, an ear of corn, and it was just like, <laughs> just the corn was flying every place, and he showed me a vision of you doing that, except the corn is eating his word. He's saying, it is time for you to start eating my word, getting into my word, memorizing my word, studying my word, and I will show you great and mighty things that you know not. And I remember that vision I saw of you many years ago where you had a strong, powerful, prophetic teaching, anointing, and prophetic warning, and very, very powerful. Double what your mother has. So it's now here in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Can you put your hands on her belly, please, right now, as a father and as a leader? Okay, and, and now I'll speak. So all the... All the gifting, all the gifting the Father has for you from before you were even born. Anything is been dormant in your spirit and your soul, your body, I remove it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Power and authority mm. you give me, Lord, I release it right now Amen. in Jesus' name. And this day forward, you will be changed Amen. in Amen. Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Lord, I thank you for this uh, apostle, prophet, teacher, evangelist, all of it that you've given us. We thank you right now that he is the voice, he is the mouthpiece that you've chosen. And Father God, let him be that willing vessel to do and hear what you have had uh, called into his heart. And that we would have the ears to hear, open up our hearts to receive, and let it flow out straight from you. That we would not hear and see man, but Father God, we would see and hear you in the name of Jesus. Amen. The Lord had already showed you what you just heard this morning. This is only confirmation, <laughs> right? 
<clears throat> I mean, I could, I, it wasn't shown. It wasn't shown, it's more of a feeling. Okay. You can feel it. All right. Yeah. <sighs> Worthy is the lamb to take the book and to open the seals thereof. Because you were slain, has redeemed us to God by thy blood, out of every kindred, tongue, people, and nation, and has made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. Worthy is the Lamb. This morning we say, worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lamb. We say, amen, blessing, glory, and wisdom, thanksgiving, honor, power, might be unto our God who liveth forever and ever. And one of the four beasts said, What are these arrayed of white robes? Whence came they? And I said to him, Sir, thou knowest. He said to me, These are they which came out of great tribulation, and washed their robes, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore they before the throne of God serve him day and night in his temple. And he that sitteth upon the throne shall feed them and lead them into living fountains of water. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And that is you, Spirit of Prophecy Church. The Lord is saying to you today, I am able. I am able to protect you in the trouble ahead. I am able to provide for you in the trouble ahead. He wanted me to do my best to try to encourage you that he is able. There's nothing too difficult for God. I was saying to him last night, I said, you know, it's amazing to me. we, We got a new hard drive for a backup. And so I was backing up everything on my computer. You know, years of radio programs. It's like, okay, it's going to take a while. And then all the TV programs and all of the new ones, and, you know, we're backing them all up. And it was like hours, hours. And it was backing them up at like 53 to, at the most, about 85 megabytes a second. That's pretty good, okay? And I thought, man, that is so slow. But then I remember, do you, do you remember the inch and a quarter floppies? Oh, yeah. And how much did they hold? 1.2 megabytes. And then I thought, oh, but I can remember the five and a quarter inch floppies that were really floppy, okay? Remember that's where the word floppy came from, okay? And how much did they hold? 360 Very good. 360 kilobytes. So each one of those held like almost four of the floppies. So the little one and a quarter... That's one and a quarter megabytes. So it was copying 56,000 to 85,000. So it would be like roughly 56 to 60 of those flying every second. And that's how much information is backing up. And it took hours and hours to back it up. And it occurred to me, I thought, you know, Lord, I'm responsible to you for every one of those words. Some 40 years of Bible prophecy. And then I thought, you know what? It is amazing to me to think that God knows every word I've said in my life. Think about that. And then I thought, you know, no, 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 no. 
he not just knows that. He knows every thought, not just every word, but every intent. He knows the very thoughts of our heart, even the things that we haven't even spoken. Now, I'll give you an example. I'm going to come back to that. So, Vicky go forth Parnell, Byron Surley, and Terry Bennett, all three of whom are credible people that I believe hear from God. All three of those have been saying that we are now in the tribulation. <laughs> ah, it's a big statement. I'm not ready to say that yet. Would you aim that up on me? Do you don't have to turn it up anymore. It's just that it's hitting my feet and I'm hot up here. Anyway, I'm not ready to say we're in tribulation yet. And several times in my prayer closet, I said, Lord, if we're really in the tribulation, so I just got the little touch, even as I said that. If we're really in the tribulation, then, you know, let, let me feel the anointing, and I would feel it. That's not good enough. So, not for last, I ask him again. That's okay, okay, okay. I'm going to put this to the test. <clears throat> I said out loud. I said, Lord, if we're really in the tribulation, then tomorrow morning, as I go get in Leslie's car to take her to the airport, as I reach to point, push that button that says start on the car, I want you to remind me of this this request. That's confirmation that the tribulation has started. And of course, you know, getting ready to go to the airport, you know, did you get all my bags? How many bags are back there? Were there three? Yes, there are two big ones, and then there's the small one. I said, okay, I got it. So, okay, we're getting in the car. <coughs> Amongst all of that hubbub, as I reach to push that button, he reminds me. That's not good enough. Devil might have heard me because I said that out loud. So last night, my prayer closet, only in my thoughts, okay? This is going to for sure confirm it. So I said, so Lord, not out loud. I said, Lord, tomorrow morning when I go to the cabinet, to open up the cabinet, to start getting all the pills, you know, supplements. There's a couple of prescriptions. It's mostly supplements. I'm a pretty healthy guy. So as I, as I head to that closet, not even as I get to the closet, as I head to the closet to get my pills, remind me, saying that the tribulation started. So this morning, I got up. I'm getting all ready, you know, because I wanted to sleep. Anybody else want to sleep this morning? <laughs> I want to sleep. I had set an alarm. Alarm went off. Nope, nope, nope. We're, we're going to sleep some more. So anyway, all the hubbub of getting ready. Sure enough, I, I think about going to go to the closet to get the pills, and it reminds me. So, okay, so I guess I've got to say he's confirmed enough to me to where I can say that it, it's hard for me to even say, because that's a very, very big statement, and I do not want to be wrong in that, okay? But I think he's confirmed it enough to where I can say, yeah, apparently, God says, <laughs> God says we're, we're in the tribulation. Blame it on him. Okay. So he knows every word I've said in my entire life. That's a lot. 
He knows every thought, every deed, and he says not only knows what, and but he knows why I did it. He knows every thought, but not just in my life. He knows from the beginning of time, before Lucifer was even made, he knew the end from the beginning. He knows everything about every... Now think about that. I mean, just knowing the first, middle, and last name of everybody in this room right now, that's a, that's a, that'd be a good statement. But they say that, that apparently we are about to reach 8 billion people on the planet. Think about from the beginning of time until the return of Jesus when there is no more time. How many words, how many thoughts, how many, but yet God knows it all. And I say that to say this, Spirit of Prophecy Church, God is able. Amen. Nothing is impossible to him. Amen. He knows everything. He's in charge of everything. <clears throat> the more I live, the more I discover he's in charge of everything he's touching everything from the smallest to the largest from the closest to the furthest out everything in time they said that there's like 10 different levels i don't know what it is past present future all of the different dimensions everything he's everywhere and the message he wanted me to tell spirit of prophecy church this morning is i'm here for you I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to provide for you. Now, why do I say that? Because, <clears throat> and I'm determined not to turn Spirit of Prophecy Church into a prophecy club. I have a program called Prophecy Club. If you want to know about Prophecy Club or Prophecy in the End of the World, you can listen to it. But there's every once in a while, I've got to grab a couple of things from there and pull into here to make my, my point. And here's one of them. Back in 2010... <clears throat> Shane Warren had a vision, pastor down in Louisiana, and he was shown that there was that there's going to be a time where the dollar is blowing worthless as leaves in the wind. We had him in to speak. He stood right there. 2012, and he made a, a talk. And he told about that vision. We have it it's on watchprophecyclub.com. He said that there's going to be, the dollar will become worthless. And what makes that dollar become worthless is when Saudi Arabia starts selling oil in some other denomination other than a dollar. Now, back in like 1973, the United States made a deal with Saudi Arabia that America would be the military protection for Saudi Arabia. And Saudi Arabia made a deal that they would only sell their oil in U.S. dollars. Okay, so what does that do for us? Well, <clears throat> us here in little DFW area, we don't understand those kind of global things. But what it meant is, if you're Japan, or if you're Germany, or if you're France, wherever it is, if you want to buy crude oil from Saudi Arabia, which just about the whole world does, You've got to first take your francs or your German marks or whatever it is, your Chinese you want, and you have to go and buy dollars 
have to have a lot of dollars on hand in order to buy your crude oil. And that is a constant movement of money like that. What that did was make the dollar the financial standard, the reserve currency, they call it, for the world. And if you've been outside of America, <clears throat> ask anybody, any place in the world, do you take dollars? What do they say? Yeah. Do you take dollars? Okay, pesos is the, is the currency, or German marks is the currency, or French francs is the currency. Do you take dollars? Oh, yeah, we, yeah, we, we take dollars. Yeah. Dollars are good. Why? Because of that deal. He was told <clears throat> that when Saudi Arabia starts selling their crude oil in a currency other than dollars, that's going to kill the dollar. August 24th, which just happens to be my birthday, is the reason I remember, also another person here. Of 2022, Saudi Arabia made an agreement that now the U.S. would not be their military protector. Instead, Russia was going to be their military protector. And they're in the process now. We've not heard an official document, but there's been several articles coming out with now instead of the petrodollar, they're now talking about the petro yuan. In other words, and Saudi Arabia has now for the last several months been openly uh, announcing that they are selling crude oil in something other than the dollar. Means our dollar is about to die. Now, why? Why, why, why would that affect? Okay, so we've got 190 nations that have to come to the big pot of dollars get the pot of dollars to go over and buy the Saudi oil. But they no longer have to go to that pot of dollars. So now these 190 nations says, what are we doing with all these dollars? Get rid of them. Dump them. Now we can use our own currency, just or yuan or whatever. And if they say only, they're going to sell only in yuan, guess what? Now they have to drop the dollar they have to, instead of the pot of dollars, now they have to have a pot of yuan, Chinese yuan. What's that do? <laughs> 190 nations says, get rid of these dollars, dump all those dollars. What does that do for the value of the dollar? <clears throat> now, there's a lot of complicated things involved, but what it means is, when I was a kid, my mom used to give me two quarters every day. And that bought me a Whataburger, fries, and a Coke. Two quarters. I just bought a Whataburger the other day. Just a Whataburger. No Coke, no fries. Eight bucks! I started to say, go ahead and give me a Coke and fries just so I could see what the price is. Now I probably should have, but you know, it's probably going to be in the ballpark $12. Okay, now, what happened? I tell you what happened, the Federal Reserve happened. Mm -hmm. Evil people in charge of our money have been stealing it. Yep. They print, of course these days they don't have to print money. Now it's just digital numbers in a computer someplace. So they print this money and then they can just buy the world. And then it, inflation keeps going up for us, up, 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 up. And so instead of two quarters, matter of fact, 
it should be, if it was actual price of gold, probably like a dime, be able to get all of that. If silver was really silver, and if our currency was really gold backed by gold, see? Now, <clears throat> I say all that to say, Jason Meeks, David Phillips, both of them saw Jason Meeks said he pulled up to an ATM, put in his card to get $20 to buy some gas, got the $20, then realized he didn't get any money. So he put the card back in, and now everything had changed just that quick. And now it was no longer he could get just $20 out. Now the fee would, instead of like a dollar to pull or whatever, 50 cents, whatever it is, like $14 to pull out now. David Phillips said he saw in a dream, <clears throat> and he has been accurate too, he said he was in a restaurant and he saw the restaurant stay, say, everyone in the restaurant stand up, gather your things, and walk out right now. We, are, we will be closed for six months. He also had a different dream where he saw that the, financials, the finances fell literally overnight. Another one saw it one weekend. Friday evening, everything okay. Monday morning, everything was not okay. Now what happened Friday? Okay, one person knows two people. Okay, Silicon Valley Bank was shut down. So, well, it's like the fifth largest bank in America or something like that. I forget all the numbers and I'm not trying to quote them exactly again. I got a program called Prophecy Club. If you want the information, go to the Prophecy Club. But I'm, I'm talking from my heart this morning. <clears throat> it failed. Now, why did it fail? Well, it failed because they bought a bunch of real estate that has been losing value. It also failed because they did as they were told. Because over the last, I don't know, eight, ten years, federal, the Federal Reserve been telling everybody, Buy treasury bonds. Buy treasury bonds. Well, why? Because the most stable thing on the planet is a U.S. treasury bond. Right? Yeah. You financial people, right? Well, what has happened is that was fine when the interest rate was zero. But now the interest rate has gone up to like 5%, and that means they are bleeding bad because they had these long-term uh, treasury bonds that now they're having to pay 5% on. I don't understand all that, and I don't really exactly want to. But the point is, there's the article I read, there's like 12 to 14 banks that have lost money. There's the top five have lost billions of dollars. Over the last six months? No. Over the last month? No. Over the last week? No. One day. Billions of dollars. One day. Now, what does that mean? <clears throat> that means that one of these days you're going to wake up and let's say you had $1,000 in your bank account instead of $1,000 if they lower it 30%, as the prophets have said, Dana Coverstone, Maurice Scalar. I think it's interesting. They say the same thing. They don't even know each other. They say the same thing. Why? Because they're hearing from the same God, right? So you had $1,000 in your account Friday, you wake up Monday morning, you check your account, now you got 700 in it. You go to buy gas, 
and instead of $3.17 that I happened to notice over here. Now it's 30% higher. What's 30% more of 517? Got a mathematician in the room? Okay, uh, let's say $5. And so, you, wait, 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 wait. You don't understand. My, my $1,000 went down to 700 And the price of gasoline now has gone from 317 up to $5. So I lost 30% in the bank, and it cost me 30 Are you catching me? So what would start happening very quickly to almost everyone in the room? Bank run. Uh, who was it that told me about a bank run this morning? Just, just David? That, who, who told me about that? No, 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 no. We, yeah, there was a big bank run there, which is why the Fed shut them down. No, I mean, Wells Fargo this morning. Who was it? Tell me that. Oh, you, Michael, you told me? Yes, sir. Okay, what was it? You, you said some friends at Wells Fargo here in the area were at the bank when? Yesterday. 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 And couldn't get their money out. And I said, where was that? He said... Now, let me repeat what he's saying. Here in Plano, at well, now this is a rumor. We don't have it confirmed, so it's okay. okay. <clears throat> but it's not too hard to confirm, right? I mean, if it's true, we're going to have it confirmed. Yeah. Oh, you can confirm it? Okay, so now we have it confirmed. Okay, so now we have two people that say Wells Fargo had a line of people, couldn't get their money, and that they had taken, and the what? The ATM wouldn't even give money. The ATM wouldn't give money. So it may very well be that these things we've been talking about, come Monday morning, we check our accounts, and boom, it's down 30%. We go to buy a thing at a grocery store, and it's boom, it's up 30%. See, when I, I told him about we got to get a new air conditioner for the church, the guy told me, he said, well, the new one's going to cost you six to 8000 they sent over the bill, it was 9300 And the guy says, well, the manufacturer went up on 30%. And I thought, where have I heard 30%? In other words, everything costs 30% more. On top of that, our dollars are worth 30% less. Now, what's that spread? I'm not a mathematician, but what's that spread? How many of you have an extra 60% spread in your financials? Is your mouth starting to get dry a little bit? That's why God wanted me to tell you, Spirit of Prophecy Church, people online, and not just us. He's, he knows who's his. Amen. He knows every word I've said in my lifetime. Every word you said in your lifetime, he's got it. That's what he wanted me to tell you. Esther, he's got you. Amen. Okay? Amen. You're in the hollow of his hand. Amen. It's going to be okay. Tell Alina it's okay. It's okay. He's got the food. He owns cattle on a thousand hills. Amen. Not a problem. Amen. Not a problem. Everything's going to be okay. 
Danny was saying it this morning. Basically, if you follow my laws, he'll feed you. Second Chronicles 2020 is what I called a see clear verse. It says, believe God's prophets and so shall you prosper. There's another scripture that says, I have, I'm old. I was young and now I'm old. But I've never seen the righteous begging bread. God knows how to take care of us. Even if it is with the birds of the air. I remember, I've told you several times, someone someplace along the line had a dream. I heard someplace <clears throat> that, bugging me, would you turn that off? That little white thing, right there, okay. That during the tribulation, during the time of the mark of the beast, every day they put down an empty plate in front of them, bow their head, close their eyes, thank the Lord for this food. And they opened their eyes and there was a plate of food. Oh, our God can't do that. Wait a minute. What'd he do with the Israelites? Forty years. He fed them out of thin air. He made the heavens and the things that therein are, and the earth and the things that therein are, and the sea and the things He quoted it correct. He wanted me to tell you, Spirit of Prophecy Church, don't worry. So, take the worst case scenario. Let's say that Silicon Valley, oh, by the way, if you think that's an accident, you think nobody knew about that, somebody sent me a Simpsons cartoon, and it had the Silicon Valley Bank going belly up, and it had a line of people standing in line, you know, at the, the clerk's counter, trying to get their money. And kind of like in that movie, uh, that old Christmas movie. What? Yes, It's a Wonderful Life. Remember where, what was the, the guy's name? George Bailey. Yeah, George Bailey. Yeah, that, that was, what, what was his real name? George Bailey? Now, what was his real name? I mean... Jimmy Stewart, okay. So Jimmy Stewart stood there in the place of George Bailey. And he says, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't have your money. Your money, it's in Bill's house and, and it's in George's house. Well, the Simpsons commercial had the people out there on the other side of the clerk window. Bill, my money's in your house. Boom. George, my money's in your house. Boom. The point is, how did Simpsons know the Silicon Valley Bank would go up. I'm telling you they have a time machine. I'm also telling you they have a looking glass. They can see into the future. They have cloning machines. Oh, hey, that's another thing. You remember the movie with uh, 007, Sean Connery? I just watched part of it last night. I thought, I can't believe I didn't see this. Uh, was it Diamonds Are Forever? Remember? And in there, Blofeld. So, double o, see, I'm telling you, they, they, they've had this for a long time. So, 007, Sean Connery walks in, and there's a Blofeld over here, and then there's another Blofeld, an exact copy over here. And he says, yes, we have doubles. And I thought, they were telling us they had cloning. Yeah. When did the movie come out? 1971. 
It doesn't make any difference what kind of technology. It doesn't make any difference what kind of elaborate scheme they have set up, and they have an elaborate scheme. Because we have already made up our mind. We are not taking that mark. We're not taking it. And you can't do enough pain to me to make me take it. Because I know, if I take that mark, I'm tossed in the lake of fire burning with brimstone, with the beast and the false prophet, a thousand years later, Lucifer joins them. And there is no escape, no possible escape. And they are tormented day and night forever. Tormented means pain that you cannot stand. The worst possible pain, and you cannot escape from it. So we already made up our mind. We are not taking that mark. We are not denying Jesus. And so consequently, Jesus has made up his mind to say, Spirit of Prophecy Church this morning, I got you. Don't worry about those kids. Don't worry about what's coming. Don't let fear enter in. Are you hearing me? Justin, are you hearing me? Got you. Jesus said, I got you. Not Not a problem. Not a problem. Okay? No fear. I got you. So let's assume for just a moment that the tribulation has started. Well, if it has started, Terry Bennett said that it started on atonement. And I believe, I believe he said that was October 5th. Anybody confirm that? Atonement, last year. Now, if that's true... I think it's October 5th. Yeah, but you're, you're right. It's in the ballpark, September, October. There's no question there. Okay, so there's a seven-year tribulation starts here with the first seal, and then it, starts, it ends here when Jesus returns on the Feast of Trumpets. Ah! Well, it ends for us here, but then 10 days later, that is atonement. So it starts on atonement. It ends on atonement exactly seven years later, if we're understanding the scriptures correctly, and I think we are. That means, and Vicky Goforth Parnell says that six, no, excuse me, five. I'm not sure now, five or six. Five or six of the seals have already been opened, and Several of the trumpets have already been opened, but they aren't playing yet. The seals have been opened, and then Byron Surley says the Lord told him that four of the seals have been opened. Listen to Prophecy Club to make sure you get all of this, because I could be getting my numbers wrong here, but the point I'm trying to make is the same. If the tribulation has started, we don't have to worry about it. Uh, there's not going to be a preacher of rapture. We don't have to worry about it. God is going to take care of us. We don't have to worry about it because it doesn't make any difference what the devil is going to throw at us. He's not going to make us deny Christ. Even if it does get tough, okay, it may get tough. I can live with that. Or I can die with that. But I'm not going to take that mark. I'm not going to deny Jesus. 
And that's the reason he sent me up here. It's very specific. Boy, when I fell to my knees yesterday, I said, Lord, what do you want to say? It was very specific. He says, you tell them, I am able. I am able. I am able, Eric. I am able. I will take care of you. Now, I don't think he said, you'll never see any trouble. I don't think he said, you'll never be tested. You know, that's what the pre-trib rapture says. You'll never be tested. Oh, you're, well, I'm sorry, Jack, but, you know, we all get tested. I suggest you spend the next several days just constantly praying, Lord, show me what I need to do to get prepared. And maybe that's a spiritual preparation. Maybe it's you need to start eating the word like eating a deal of corn, ear of corn. Maybe it's some kind of physical preparation. Recently had a solar system put in my house. Why? Well, it's not because I want to save money in my electrical bill. It's because I want to have electricity. And I know there's other people in here have made provisions so that you have electricity. Have you made provisions so that you have food? Do you have a water filter? I mean, there's some basic things that you should do. The thing I think you should not do, I think this is wrong for you to say, oh, well, God will take care of me. I won't do anything. Dimitri told me a story. He said, I was on a train, he said, and I was asleep. He says, all of a sudden, the voice of the angel screamed at me. He says, I mean, he yelled at me. Of course, I'm the only one on the train. I heard it. He says, and I jumped up, and the voice was telling me, Dimitri, Dimitri, quick, get off the plane, the train, get off the train. He says, so I quickly, you know, I was asleep. I grabbed my bags. I stepped off the train. About that time, the train pulled off. He says, it wasn't a stop. It was only a mail pickup. So I'm standing here. Train's gone. I'm standing here holding my two suitcases. What's going on? He said, so I started walking the direction down the tracks, carrying much grumbling, you know, complaining. About the time I turned the corner and the train had skipped the tracks and everybody on the train was dead. Wow. Was that taking care of you? Yes. One time the angel came to him. He said, tell everyone to go buy flour. Two days later, there was no flour in any of the grocery stores. Right now, God has arranged for us to have Joseph Kitchen. Trust me, they got a lot of wheat. I've been admonished, don't talk too much about how much wheat we have. <laughs> they got a lot. Would you rather be the guy that is selling loaves of wheat or the guy that's standing in line with a pocket full of silver coins trying to buy the bread? Yeah, both. <laughs> both. <laughs> both, there you go. There's a side of me that doesn't want to see the trouble come. There's a side of me that says, I can't wait. The flesh side of me says, no, no, no. You know, I like going to restaurants. I like having the nice life. But then on the other side, 
I'm so tired of the sin. I'm so tired of seeing the devil win. I'm so tired of the lies, the filth. I look forward to the time when people say, what must I do to be saved? Amen. How, do you, how do I find this Jesus? Tell me about Jesus. I want to hear those phrases. I don't want to see the trouble come. But we all know it has to. But he wanted me to tell you, I'm able. I will take care of them. It's going to be okay. Is that okay for a message this morning? So, here's another thing. That $9,000 we need for a new HVAC unit up here, not a problem. God will send it. He'll send it. Not a problem. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word. Thank you for speaking to us and guiding us and directing us and encouraging us this morning that you are able. Help us to remember you are able and that when that time comes, we don't panic. We know you're able. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Speaking of that, Gloria has come down out of the hospital now. She's at home, but we need to keep her in our prayers. She had some kind of a, I don't know if they know exactly what it was, something like a stroke is what I was told. Mini stroke, okay. So we need to keep Gloria in our prayers. Also, Leslie and Sharonda and uh, Pastor Massey and his wife, um, Esther, are currently in Dubai, and that's a stopover as they head on over to Pakistan. And uh, she's going to be ministering like a minimum of 23 times in about three weeks. 23 times. Oh, let me just say, pray, praying for people is the most exhausting thing I've ever done in my life. I remember when I would stand up giving personal prophecies for three hours. I, I, could, I could barely walk when I was done. And it was a tired I'd never felt in my life because it wasn't just a physical drain. It was a spiritual drain. And you've never been this tired. You don't know what the word exhausted means until you have prayed for someone, even praying for them for an hour. I don't know what it is, but it, it drains. So Leslie, because... If it was just 23 talks, that already is draining enough, especially since she just <laughs> got over a, 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 a stroke. Okay, But then afterwards, every person in the room wants her to lay hands on them and pray for them. So every person that shows up gets prayed for. So she will be exhausted beyond measure. So pray for strength. Pray for protection. As a matter of fact, let's just pray. Lord, we thank you for, I'm going to call it the Pakistan team. Leslie, Sharonda, Pastor Massey, and Esther. <clears throat> we pray for the protection, but even more, we pray for your anointing, your guidance, your direction, filling them with your words, your anointing, and your strength. Give them all strength to not grow weary and not grow tired, 
that they would mount up with wings as eagles to run and not grow weary and walk and not faint. They would hear your voice. They would be in unity with you and each other. And they would know what they're supposed to be doing at every moment. Warn them of any evil. Keep them from it. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So, remember them in our prayers several times a day, please. Anyway, God bless you. And uh, if you have a prayer request, come on up. Be happy to pray for you.